Hello and welcome to episode 18 of the Opix pod. This time I have Mickey Gorod joining me. She is a Bright Path meditation teacher and also the co-founder of the Conscious Creative. Mickey speaks about some really valuable things that meditation can do um, in improving our own lives. Uh, so with that in mind, let's jump straight into the podcast. So I think to start with, or the best place to start is kind of how you got into all the work that you do, um, because it's not necessarily a traditional path or career path to go down. Um, let's say a teacher might be, or a, I don't know, an accountant might be. So I just want to kind of learn a little bit about what led you to becoming a meditation teacher um, and a detox practitioner and all these things. Um, it would be interesting to see what path kind of led you down that road. Yeah, well, it definitely was not part of the life plan, that was for sure. Um, ever since I was little, I was probably a really precocious child who never wanted to be anything other than an actress, which is kind of my first passion and being creative. Um, and I was lucky I got to go to drama school and did my degree and started working professionally as an actress, um, which was great in some ways, but it's a career that comes with lots of challenges and ups and downs and never knowing when you're necessarily going to be in or out of work. Um, and a lot of performers find they need what we often refer to as a money job, you know, something that's flexible that you can do in between performing and auditioning as well. Um, and I always loved people and psychology, which is one of the reasons I loved acting as well, because, you know, you have to really put yourself into somebody else's shoes and maybe research a political, social, economic time in order to really get under the skin of a character. So I decided to train as something called a mind detox therapist, which is kind of like a talking one-to-one -one therapy where you help someone get to the root cause reason for a specific problem they might have. And that could be an emotional problem like anxiety or depression. It could be um, a pattern of behavior they know they want to break. Or perhaps more surprisingly, sometimes it can be a physical issue that they have, say like a back pain that won't go away or a skin condition. And they, no one in conventional medicine can find a reason why it's not going away. And sometimes there's an emotional block there that needs to be cleared. Mm -hmm. So that was all fascinating to me, and I was doing that alongside acting. And then a friend of mine went on a meditation weekend, and I would probably say I was quite a spiritual person, although even labels like that can be a bit dodgy because, you know, you start thinking of people wearing tie-dye T-shirts and bombing <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I always felt very connected and held and there was loads of great books that I'd read that really resonated with me and she said hey you know how you're a bit of a hippie and you'd like everyone in the world to support each other and you know for everything to be based on love she was like well I've just been on this meditation weekend where you get taught four techniques based on praise gratitude and love that help you to be the best biggest version of yourself and really connect to a tangible experience of inner serenity and I was like well that's got to be a good thing so she said look I know you you've been trying to flog these books onto me for ages 
come along and do the course and see what you think. And basically, as soon as I got there on the Friday night of the course, I knew that I would want to become a teacher of it because it was so practical and so amazing that I knew I'd want to share those techniques with other people. Mm-hmm. So I then started my kind of training as a teacher, and the technique was the Bright Path Ascension. Their website is thebrightpath.com. And, it, and uh, yeah, over the next four years, I trained as a teacher. So I started to have like this collection of tools in my toolbox. I'm aware, by the way, this is quite a long answer to your question, but it was quite a long journey. <laughs> no, that's fine. And, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I felt so grateful to have these tools because it, it made being an actress as well a much smoother journey with the ups and downs of a turbulent industry. And, um, and I suddenly started to become aware that I had other friends who were performers that didn't necessarily have things that were helping them to feel more stable and more perhaps kind of complete in themselves. And actually, unfortunately, we lost two friends who um, committed suicide that were in the industry. And um, certainly with one of those families, um, they attributed a lot of the pressures to the creative arts industry and the mm-hmm. depression um, that their son had felt. <clears throat> Excuse me. And at that point, I also became aware of a lot of other people struggling. And I thought, well, I've been so lucky to come across things that have really helped me um, that I want to share those with other performers. And so I started a company called The Conscious Creative. So, sorry, um, how far? So, how far after your university experience were kind of these events? Like when you got invited to the meditation session? That's a really good question. I kind of lost track of time. I'm going to guess it was about oh, four years, maybe after graduating. Okay. And I think it was maybe around three years that I became a mind detox therapist. And mm-hmm. about a year later, no, it was a bit sooner than that, I started kind of getting involved with all the meditation. So had you been, and, had you previously meditated um, in some other state or in kind of a, an amateur way, if there, if there is such a thing, um, prior to kind of getting into meditation? In a way, like as a kid, I would just sometimes light a candle in my room mm. and like maybe lie on my back. And I used to listen to sort of pieces of music, like they might be kind of not quite whales calling to each other, but, you know, maybe like some beautiful music yeah. or, or rainforest sounds. And I would just lie there and close my eyes. But it wasn't meditation as I understand it now. It was more like me allowing my imagination to go off on a journey mm-hmm. following music. And then during my acting training, we did a lot of kind of relaxation techniques. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there would even be visualization exercises again, you know, maybe like following a story or imagining, you know, you're looking at the ocean. And, and they were lovely. Like, I definitely felt a level of relaxation from that, um, but not the huge depth that I do with my current practice. And also... What I feel I have now is that I actually get to kind of explore within consciousness, um, which I might end up touching on more in this conversation. But I, I actually, in graduating from drama school, I did go to a couple of Buddhist centers to kind of um, be led through some meditations. And that was nice, but I didn't feel like this huge pull to make that something that I did regularly. Um, 
Yeah, and it, it wasn't until I kind of came across the bright path techniques that I found something that really fitted with me and actually something that was really easy. And I think I had quite a lot of preconceptions about meditation, mm-hmm. which seems to be a common thing I've uh, discovered through teaching. Yeah, You know, a bit like I thought it was probably something that was good for you, you know, like eating healthily and going to the gym, but maybe a little bit boring, you know, yeah. like closing your eyes when there's so much to do and explore in life well i think a lot of people write off meditation as a kind of hippie hobby if you will um and something that's not actually worth their attention of (laughs) rational people but um obviously the the well the perception of meditation i think has slightly been changing in the last few years but that's definitely kind of still ingrained in a lot of people's minds that it's a hippie adventure that you go on uh, maybe take some mushrooms or acid and then sit down with some candles. Um, so I think it's it's definitely a, a difficult, I don't know, I, I guess if you're going into it um, as a young person, you become, you say you want to become a teacher, that's even a, a larger step. Um, but then you, after becoming a teacher, you then, um, you're about to go into it, you then created a, the conscious creative. Um, just talk a little bit about what you want to do with that when you first kind of set it up um, and what it's become now? Yeah, well, initially I wanted it to be something that was specifically for maybe actors or other creative artists in the industry so that I could offer workshops to help people have some basic tools and not necessarily the bright path ascension but other kind of introductions to meditation and various different things including some physical activities actually that would help them, yeah, be a bit more stable in a crazy career that, you know, judges you on how you look or how, you know, what weight you are, how tall you are, all of those things. Um, And I started, I was very fortunate to to go into some um, great drama schools and do some workshops with actors even before they graduated, which is brilliant because they had a kind of toolkit they could take out into the industry and we offered ongoing support if the going ever did get tough for people. Hmm. Um, But, you know, it turns out this stuff is for anyone with a head and we started being asked to be invited into other areas and... either universities or the workplace and um and it sort of grew really and so we ended up working with the queen's young leaders which uh, is in its last year now it's been an amazing four-year project and an award scheme where 60 young people from across the commonwealth have been flown in once a year Um, because they've done amazing things like start NGO projects or charities and they're being recognised for their amazing work around Mm -hmm. the Commonwealth. And they get flown uh, into Cambridge University um, where they're kind of given guidance from a lot of experts in different fields. Um, And also they get to meet the Queen and get an award. And we got invited to open that up in its first year and really helped give people some tools so that they didn't get overwhelmed by the project they'd started. Mm. Because as soon as you try and do something amazing in the world, you know, you're kind of like, ah, it's quite a, quite a big job I've taken on here, you know, and some of them were really feeling the weight of that. Yeah. And also the pressure of being recognized, you know, suddenly they were put on these pedestals. And that was quite a lot for some of them as well. So it was great just to kind of go in there 
Um, and yeah, give them something that helps them to feel grounded and centered and reconnect to their passion mm. of what it was that they wanted to do in the first place. Um, and on one of those trips, um, you met someone who then invited you to go to Rwanda um, to lead a workshop for their organization, Acts of Gratitude. Um, could you just talk us a bit like how that came about? Um, kind of who contacted who first um, and what you wanted to do in Rwanda when you went out there? Yeah, well, that was actually in the very first year we met this amazing guy who was one of the award winners called Jean de Mutoni. Um, and I think when we met him, we knew he was a special person and really driven. Um, and he really resonated with the workshop that we'd done and said, you know, do you think there's any chance that you could come out to Rwanda, to Kigali, and um, you know maybe do some workshops with Acts of Gratitude, as you've said, which was the NGO that he'd started? Um, and you know immediately we were kind of excited by the idea, and we were like, we want to say yes, but we'll have to do some fundraising, um, which we did, and we were really lucky that we hit our target, and we were able to go out for two weeks. And first of all, we did kind of purely conscious creative content I would say like the workshops that I'd put together mm -hmm. which is quite broad with lots of different techniques so hopefully there's something in there for everybody and then the following weekend we actually had offered them specifically the bright path ascension meditation training and mm -hmm. um, and actually everybody came along and did both and yeah it was it was just a really wonderful thing and we're still supporting members of that community now and actually um, I'm trying to organize a well we've got it organized but they're trying to get a scholarship off the ground so that one of the members of that NGO can go to um, the European base for uh, the Bright Path Ascension so that oh, wow. they can be trained as a teacher themselves and then we'd be able to go back and actually have someone on the ground supporting their community there so Fingers crossed that might be happening later this year. It's all to do with visas, so uh, yeah, oh, we're okay. hoping that comes off. <laughs> that sounds great. Isn't? Is there any kind of difference between teaching people um, who have lived in Rwanda all their lives and experienced kind of the horrible genocide that happened in the nineties, um, teaching them kind of the techniques um, of your bright path or of the bright path meditation? Um, is there any difference between kind of the people in Rwanda who you spent time with and those in England who you spent time with? Yeah, do you know what? That was a question I was kind of asking myself before we went out there because mm. I've worked with a lot of people and I know that the techniques work, but when speaking to Jean de Moore, Mutoni, um, you know, it became clear that there was going to be a large percentage of the people who had lived through the genocide and um, who had some of them lost their entire families and witnessed that, you know, them being murdered in front of them. And although I know these techniques are incredible at releasing potentially trapped trauma in the nervous system, that's that's one of the things that can happen with these. I was thinking, crikey, like, obviously it's a completely new experience for me mm. to sit in front of a big group of people that have been through something so profound and go, hey guys! <laughs> let's close our eyes and meditate, you know, or, and some of the other tools that we did with them. But it was amazing because mm. actually even even at Cambridge University with, with the other 
Queen's Young Leaders, it was very humbling to see that no matter what anybody's been through, whether they're dealing with famine or war or, you know, post-genocide trauma, these techniques work for everybody. And I was really, really humbled by that and really humbled by the feedback that we got from people who said that they felt like they'd been freed from their past and they actually had something they could do if anxiety came on. And they started to talk about feeling much freer and, you know, like happiness beginning to blossom more in their experience as a result yeah. of that. And that's that's the most amazing thing, really. You know, and I don't take responsibility for that because I know it's about the tools that I'm passing on. But, you know, that's been my experience in a much less kind of stressful lifestyle that I've led. But I know that it's allowed that joy and peace freedom and all stuff to grow in my experience so it is it's just amazing to be able to pass that on and yes to be able to do that with people who've been through something much much more traumatic than myself um so obviously we've spoken a little bit about the techniques um or whereabouts you've used these techniques could we could you just go into a little bit more about what these techniques actually are and how individually they can they can draw kind of this this um trapped emotion within someone out and they it can make them freer could you just go through like the actual process that you would do in a in a class obviously in a short space of time <laughs> i imagine yeah well there's a few things as i said conscious creative workshop is probably different from the bright path mm. workshop so if i talk about the bright path weekends or, or those techniques first yeah it's um it's an amazing technique that can be used both eyes closed and eyes open and it is essentially like these sentences that you use to work your awareness muscle and they bring you back to the present moment but they actually are balancing all the different parts of the brain like we used to talk about kind of left hemispheres and right hemispheres and, and bringing those into balance but actually the more research people do into kind of brain activity they realize that there's all kinds of things happening in both hemispheres to support them at the time. But the point being is it, it brings balance across both hemispheres of the brain mm. mechanically without you having to really try just by using the techniques themselves. And it brings you into a space of being at peace. Mm. So, you know, if you've ever maybe been walking in nature, or for me it was going to the ocean, and maybe I've been a bit stressed out, and there's something about being in nature that just allows us to kind of go, <sighs> definitely, yeah. and chill out. Or for somebody else it might be like adrenaline sports, or it might be baking, or it could be going running, but it gets you in the zone, like maybe that's what athletes would call it, and yeah. creatives would talk about like coming into a state of flow, you know, maybe like if you're if you're a writer or a musician, you find that there are times when it almost feels like you're downloading the material that you're doing, like you're so out of the way of your own mind that it's almost just coming through you. And certainly Mozart used to talk about being a vessel for his music rather than actually writing it himself. So it kind of just brings you into that state and gets you out of your own way, if you like. But simply by doing that, and that's because these techniques, or certainly with the bright path, are ancient. In fact, we don't really know how long they've been around, but you know, potentially it could be 5,000 years really? that they've been passed down through an oral tradition. Wow. 
And you kind of just have to try it to know that it works for yourself. Um, but you can do it eyes open, eyes closed, and they, they basically give you deep, deep rest in your nervous system, which allows for you to heal a lot because mm -hmm. that's when we do most of our healing, when we're at rest. And also it allows for us to be incredibly alert and attentive. Um, and with the conscious creative, what I try and do is help people understand like how the nervous system works and how the mind and the brain work and how we can be more in harmony with those. So I'll do a slightly different meditation technique um, simply because of a time factor usually, like the bright path is something we teach over a whole weekend. Mm. And I'll talk about things like the filters of the unconscious mind so that people understand like how we store information and how we actually filter all the information that's coming to us in any moment and how we actually decrease that down to a manageable amount that makes sense for us. And I also do like physical activities with people so that if they're not interested in, you know, the more psychological or the more meditational side, there's some physical things that they can do if they start to feel depressed or tired or low to kind of give their physiology a sign or through their physiology like um, a kickstart really to start feeling better and that's all to do with the mind-body connection yeah so I suppose what I try and do is give people a balance of like the theory so they understand why and how it works with an actual personal experience because you can talk about all this stuff to the cows come home but unless you have a personal ex a personal experience of it working for you it's not worth anything. So I, I really hope that nobody comes out of a workshop from, from me without actually having a tangible experience of all the things that we're playing with. And you mentioned um, just, just now that it's around, well, a very old technique. Do you think that even in, because obviously the world has changed considerably since its invention, I assume, um, are the techniques still as relevant and as still as productive um, in this kind of crazy modern world when the, obviously there's so much, so many more distractions and so much more content and media trying to grab your attention all the time? Do these techniques work as well now as say they would have even 20 years ago? Yeah, I actually think they're more relevant for some of the reasons you've just said. You know, like let's say a hundred years ago or two hundred years ago when. There weren't the same pressures to be constantly busy, constantly achieving, and let's face it, not being constantly distracted by different size screens or advertising trying to get our attention, you know, so much outside stimulus. So people didn't actually have the same number of thoughts that we have now. Like there's a study that was done by Stanford University that reckons we have about 100,000 thoughts a day. And they think that is constantly going up. Like uh, uh, 20 years ago, they thought it was more like 60 to 80,000. Some people are even arguing it's more like 120,000. But it is on the up. And that is because of the level of stimulation that we have access to now. And yet, our nervous systems haven't had the chance to evolve in that time. So we've still got, you know, like basically the same brains the same bodies and yet we're dealing with so much more outside stuff and also we probably get less sleep than we were getting 
maybe 20, 100 years ago. Well, definitely 100 years ago. You know, I don't meet many people that get their full eight hours of sleep. You know, they might get seven or six, but a lot of people still feel tired. And you can kind of do that when you're quite young for a while, but you do get to a point where that can catch up with you. Yeah. And it can yeah. catch up with you maybe through mental health or through physical health. You know, the body has a way of going, that's enough now, I need more rest. So for me, you know, and I definitely, this is a surprise to me if I think of myself, you know, 10 years ago or 12 years ago that I'm saying this, but through my experience, it's so amazing to take slots in my day where I close my eyes and prioritize meditating because I can see what a difference that has on the rest of my life when I open my eyes. Wow. You know? So like even, I'm not, sorry, on. even though, so that I was going to say after this, or my next question was for those people who don't necessarily have the, or don't appear to have the free time or the, I don't know, 20 minutes you need to, to perform a, a session or go to a session, um, would you, I assume I know your answer now, would you say you have to kind of make that time because it is so valuable to your overall well-being? Or is it kind of learning smaller techniques to fit it within your already hectic day? I think that has to be personal, you know. Like, I don't mm. like to kind of whack my finger and go, you must do this. Yeah. But my personal experience is, you know, when I was starting out, there would be days when I would make time for it, maybe days when you know I just felt so busy that I didn't prioritize it but that that pattern changed really quickly mm. because I realized on the days that I made space for it the whole day then seemed to flow better and I actually was more productive like I got more done on my to-do list on the days where I'd made time for it because I was more present I was less stressed and actually even you know, like my outside environment seemed to respond to me in a different way, which was just amazing. So pretty quickly I went, okay, even if it feels like there's loads to do, I'm going to start my day with that because it's worth it. And not so I get 20 minutes of peace and then, you know, the other 23 hours and 40 minutes is as it was before. No, so that like the whole day is nurtured in a different way. But having said that, I get that life is busy for people. So, you know, even if you learn, say, a technique and you prioritize it for five minutes and you can do it there, or I know people who found space for it, you know, maybe when they're commuting, like they'll do it on the train because actually, again, this is another preconception we can have about meditation is that we maybe need to be in a silent room with candle, with yeah. incense or whatever it is for it to work. And that's simply not true. That might be quite nice. You might have that as a preference. But we're talking about mainly being present and playing with your attention and your awareness. And that goes with you everywhere, whether you're like standing next to a speaker at a rock concert or you're, you know, lying in the bath completely chilling out. It's the same nervous system. So once you kind of refine the muscle of being present, you can apply this stuff anywhere, which is great because that's true freedom, right? Yeah, well, by the sounds of it, it sounds like your brain, in a way, is just as trainable as your bicep. Um, and just through kind of repetition and learning these techniques, you can 
take your ability to be productive, to be happy to a new level, just through kind of a training regime, just as you would go to the gym to make you more physically able to do activities. It seems to me, well, from our conversation, that that is that is what it is in in effect. Um, it's just kind of a training regime for your brain. Is that is that true in in some sense? Yeah, definitely in one sense. I mean, I would definitely say this has been more enjoyable than me having to uh, make myself go to the gym where I'm like, <laughs> well, maybe if I go, you know, three times a week in a couple of months or six months, I'll see some benefit, you know. Yeah. Whereas for me, it was almost immediate that I started to have the benefits and that made it an awful lot easier to keep going wow. um, because I was already feeling happier and, you know, more at peace. Um, and, you, you know, you can call that the brain. It is because, as I said, you are affecting the hemispheres of the brain. Mm. But even beyond that, you're really, like, working your muscle of attention and awareness. You know, and it's, it's a really amazing choice that we have with that. So say you were in a hostage situation and all your other basic rights are taken away from you when you can eat, where you can defecate, everything. Nobody can ever tell you or force you to put your attention in a certain place. That is your choice. And it's actually the most powerful choice we have. And yet it's not always a conversation that we have, certainly with children, about how important that is. And uh, Calcutta University did a, a study talking about the fact that up to 95% of the 100,000 thoughts I referred to earlier can be slightly negative or downward spiraling. So, you know, they're not necessarily like, oh, I'm a terrible person, why would anyone be my friend thoughts? But they could be shoulda, woulda, couldas. Yeah. Giving yeah. ourselves like a slightly hard time or reviewing a conversation we had earlier and how we should have done something differently, just slightly tainted and negative. And no one tells us that there's a different way of using our attention. Most of us have it either in the past or in the future. And actually, any amazing memory that you have, you know, something that was really special, like for me, you know, it's a total cliche, but my wedding day was awesome. I wasn't walking down the aisle thinking about my tax return or whether there was broccoli in the fridge because it was so awesome. I was going, ah, this is happening. And I yeah. gave it my full attention. But in life, we get really stuck in the past and in the future. And actually, meditation is mainly about kind of moving the stress from the nervous system, but also helping us to be more present because that's where all the good stuff happens. Yeah. Well, I think just from personal experience, every time I've taken the time to meditate um, with some regularity, it kind of makes what you used to deem important kind of irrelevant and the actual important things kind of come to light, um, which is a odd feeling because a lot of people prioritise or just have their phone or their social media on a pinnacle. Um, and after like, just one session of meditation, those kind of things go completely out the window and they don't matter and only kind of human connections and experiences kind of count for anything. Um, so I've definitely kind of experienced that on a, on a somewhat personal level. Um, but for myself, I'm definitely going to try and explore this bright past techniques. I think it would definitely help me, especially during this dissertation period of university. 
Um, I might be able to get my work done on time. Um, but for now, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, the, the, uh, your experiences are enlightening, I'm sure, to everyone else as well as me. So thank you very much for having us. Uh, is there anything you want to plug before you leave? <laughs> uh, well, just feel free to have a look at uh, my website. That's theconsciouscreative.com. And also, um, I would suggest taking a look at the brightpath.com website. And there are teachers all over the world and certainly uh, all over the UK. We've got brilliant teachers and I would recommend any of them. So if that is something that, yeah, you're interested in, go along and check it out. There are often kind of free introductory talks. And I'm also really open if anyone wants to drop me an email, which you can do at Mickey. That's M-I-C-C-I at theconsciouscreative.com and really happy to answer any questions that anybody has or even have a chat because this is the stuff that kind of fires me up. You can probably tell I could, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> so, yeah, really open to that. And, you know, thank you, Luke, for inviting me on today. It's uh, been really lovely to chat to you. No worries. It's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.